guys doing well? Mostly well? Um, happy to welcome people listening on YouTube this morning, watching on YouTube, those listening by podcast later. Glad to have you along. Today's more of a one you might have wished you were here for, but that's all right. Glad that uh, you're taking part with us this morning. For those who don't know me, my name's Mark, and uh, if you're visiting with us this morning, really glad to have you with us. Hope you find yourself loved and welcome here, because uh, that is how we think of you, whether you realize that or not. We are really, really glad you're here. Um, I am, uh, I'm on the tail end of beating a man cold, and so if my uh, voice squeaks, that's why. I was like hoping for like sympathy and stuff, but I, I haven't gotten much. Actually, I did get a text last night that just simply said this, only a woman who delivered a baby without epidural can understand a guy who was having a cold. <laughs> I was like, finally, someone who understands what I'm going through. <laughs> So for the rest of you out there that have been going through it as well, yeah, we're good, we're good. So uh, we are uh, finishing up a series here. We've been, uh, in November, we spent some time on it. We spent the last number of weeks talking just about the topic of the armor of God. And last week we talked about the idea that, that with all of the armor, including the helmet of salvation, Paul kind of had this thought. And he basically said, from now on, from now on, put that on. Yeah, that's, uh, and if you're like, what, what, I missed the memo, just go back and listen to the last week's. He just simply saying, from now on, put the armor of God on. You need to, you need to have it on all of the time. And so before we get too far, I just want to jump in uh, here that there's two kinds of people in this world. There's people that are prepared and then there's people like me. So how, how many of you are like, you'd be like procrastinators, you're like, that is my go-to thing. Yeah, this is good. Like, at least it's 50-50 tonight because last night it was like most of the people were the procrastinators. And, you know, uh, um, yeah, this is a thing. Like, I saw this mug and I was like, that's great. I don't procrastinate. I delegate tasks to my future self. See, the thing that the rest of you don't realize about the procrastinators, we're here for you. We are working tomorrow for a better today. So you should be thanking us. <laughs> But then there's the other side. How many of you are the ones who are like, we're the planners, we're like, we're ready? Oh, maybe there's, and then there's the people who are neither? Okay. Well, thanks to the three of you who are the planners. We need some of you in, in, our, in our world. And I actually, though I am not one of those people, I admire prepared people. I do. I, I, I look at the people, I remember 20 years ago with Y2K. I hadn't thought about that. Can you believe that? 20 years ago. In Y2K, there was people stocking up with their, their bunkers, right? Filling up with food. People I knew were buying generators. And I was like, meh. You know, maybe, maybe the day before. And it's like, nah, I got plans. I'm not going to go buy anything. And I thought to myself, you know, I know a few people who bought generators. I know a few people who stored up in their bunkers. I just hope that if anything happens, they'll let me move in with them. So I am grateful for prepared people. Go on a fishing trip, uh, usually every summer, there's a guy named Barry, and that guy has like everything for everything. Uh, there's, there, you can't, nothing can happen that Barry's not ready for. Uh, and other times we were on the trip and we brought other guys along, we're like getting ready, and all of a sudden we're like, hey, we're all setting up our tents, and one guy's like, tent? And we're like, yeah, you got an air mattress? Air mattress? I had no idea, right? And it's like those are the moments we realize, oh man, it's so glad. Barry probably had three tents and three air mattresses and everything went well. But the prepared people, there's two types of people in our lives, prepared and, and those who are not prepared. And in life, it's one thing, but spiritually uh, and the way we live our lives is also uh, and actually much more important. Are you prepared spiritually? I think that's Paul's idea as we look into, um, into Ephesians today. Uh, when I'd moved to Port Dover a number of years ago, we just moved into, uh, into town there. Didn't quite realize that where the, the development of our 
home, the planning, they had put us in like a, a low area. Uh, everybody's backyards, all of their sump pump water ran into our backyard. And so then it would run past our house and in, through, our, through our house. And so the power went out one night and I was running downstairs to check just to make sure. And I watched the water just come right up to the top of the sump pump. I'm like, it's going to come in. And I'm like, what do I do? And we're like, well, started grabbing buckets and started like carrying bucket after bucket out of there. Spent hours that night just trying to make sure we stayed ahead of this flooding water. And I thought to myself, why doesn't the power go out in the daytime when I can go and buy a backup sump pump or something or, or a generator? Why doesn't it go out then? And uh, I, I realized that it doesn't wait until, you know, you're ready for it. Uh, it's not like the Jackie Chan movies. You watch Jackie Chan and he can fight like 50 guys. You know what I learned from Jackie Chan movies? When you need to fight 50 guys, they all wait in line until you're ready to fight one at a time. And then, you know, you get to defeat them all. But real life is not like that. Real life is not like uh, all the troubles in the world will just wait till you're ready for them and then they'll come one at a time so you can handle them nice, cleanly, put that away and I'll deal with the next problem. How many of you found that when problems come, they just all come, like, like all at a time, one after another after another? And so in real life, we really need to be prepared and to be ready. And so we've been talking about a guy named Paul, a, guy, a real guy, lived nearly 2,000 years ago. We talked about how he was living a portion of his life in a prison cell uh, similar to this prison cell in Rome. And uh, while he was in prison, he wrote letters to different groups of people. And one of those was to a group of people in a town called Ephesus. And as we've spent the last little while looking at, he, we think that he was probably inspired by the Roman guards who were guarding his cell as he described their armor and then what the armor that every believer, every Jesus follower should have. And so if you have your Bibles, grab them. Um, I'm going to take a drink of water while they're doing that. I didn't see anybody do anything, actually. <laughs> so if you, if you have your phone, uh, or, or you can just read along, but all right, let's go. Ephesians 6, verse 10, a final word, final word, which means from now on, from now on, put that on, from now on, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put that on, put on intentionally, like clothes, all of God's armor, so you'll be able to what? Stand firm. Stand firm. Why do I keep making you repeat that? I just hope that you're like laying in bed one night and you wake up and you're like, first thought, it's like, stand firm. Why am I thinking that? Because I helped you stand firm it's like I've said it so many times it's just there because that's Paul's idea and Paul's not it's not Paul's it's it, it, originally it's God through Paul saying man I want you to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil because there is one he says we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies you're not fighting against your mom your dad your you know your siblings you're not fighting against your spouse well you are but it's not really what's going on he's like be, behind the world you see is a world you don't see and that world is very real and it affects the world you do see. So realize that because he says you're fighting against enemies, evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. All of those things are described. They're not very nice. So he says, verse 13, so in light of that, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Because that's the point. He says, stand your ground putting on the belt of truth, because you're going to need some truth in this battle. Put on the body armor of God's righteousness, his kind of righteousness, you're going to need it. For shoes, 
Uh, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you're fully prepared. And in addition to all of this, hold up the shield of faith, that confident trust in your Heavenly Father. It'll stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as a helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so as we look today at the final piece of armor, we have one more uh, part to this series. But we just want to deal with the final part of armor. It's like the, the, that, that, that you would be standing firm, that you'd have all of that armor on. In the end, after the battle's over, you would be standing firm. How many of you, that's who you'd like to be? Like after the battle, you know, I, I like to be the one who wins. And some are like, I don't raise my hand for anything. It don't matter if you say I'll give you a million dollars. I ain't raising my hand for nothing. Oh, thank you. But we want to win, right? And in, in the end, to win isn't that i got to conquer something as much as i got to resist and be standing in the end. So Jesus told a story. Uh, as we're studying the Sermon on the Mount, we'll get to it. But in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus tells a story. You can follow along. He's talking to a crowd of people, and he basically says this. Anyone who listens to my teaching, anyone who hears my words, my teaching, and follows it, they're wise. They're like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and winds come against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching, so same group of people, they hear the teaching, but they don't obey it. They're foolish. They're like a person who builds a house on sand. Verse 27, when the rains and floods come and winds beat against that house, it'll collapse with a mighty crash. And we've heard that story before, especially if you're in Sunday school. It's the two houses. You know, when the storm comes, one of those houses is still standing, the other one isn't. Except the thing is, Jesus isn't talking about houses. He's talking about something much, much more valuable, much, much more important. He's talking about lives. You know, after the storm, one life will be standing. After the storm, one marriage will be standing. After the storm, one relationship will be standing. After the storm, one person will be left standing. And he says when the storm comes, because he doesn't say if. Whether you know it or not, those storms are coming for us all the time. It's why Paul is saying you're in a battle, and the idea of building on a rock is the same thing of saying, I'm intentionally getting prepared for the storm. And Paul would say it from now on. Put that on. Be ready for the storm because it's coming. And it's that idea of the process of building on it. So Ephesians 6 verse 17, he says, and take the sword of the Spirit. Be intentional about that. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that word, word, there's two, two Greek words that they use to translate for that word, word. Sometimes they translate it the, the word as, they use the word logos, which is uh, the one Greek word. The other time they use the word rhema. And logos and rhema both mean very, very similar things. Logos simply means um, a word uttered by a living voice. So what you're hearing right now is a spoken word. They would call that logos, something that's spoken. A doctrine or a teaching, something spoken is logos. Rhema is very similar. It's a, it's a word uttered by a living voice, but the only difference that we find is how it's used. Logos is used as a spoken word to a general group of people. Rhema is this spoken word that goes to a specific person. It's, 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 when it, it's like it's spoken to you. And so some, you know, we, some have described this as uh, with a picture of a well. Like that a well, the deep, the deep part of the well, the, the logos or the, the whole Bible, the whole, the whole of God's word is like that well. It's like the, the, the words of, of God, that spoken word is like a well. But it doesn't matter if the water's down in the well. What matters is this word that you can actually use, which is like the bucket. The bucket of water is like the rhema that, that's out of, the, out of the vastness, the unlimited supply of God's word, it's the one that speaks to you. That's why we prayed this morning that he would speak to us. That it would be like as I hear the, as I, as I hear the general spoken word, the one thing that just registers here. 
It happens here all the time, actually. Because what I'm doing right now is simply just speaking the Logos, just teaching God's Word. This is what it, this is what it says. But oftentimes I'll hear people come back to me and they're like, Mark, that was just for me. Do you know what that was? You just got a bucket. He just gave you a bucket and said, here, this one's for you. Sometimes I've had it. People are like, how did you know? I don't. I've had people say before, did my wife call you this week? <laughs> no, she might have, but not about that. You know, like there's, I'm not told. It's simply that God actually speaks to people today. And that's what, that's what this idea is, the sword of the spirit. Paul's saying, you don't need just the logos. You don't need just, oh, I got the Bible. He's like, you need a spoken word of God to you. That's the sword of the spirit. He says, it's, those, it's that spoken word to you, the right word at the right time for the right situation. He says, that's what you need to have and to put that on. Matthew actually tells us what happened before this story. As Jesus was telling this story on the, on the mountain, he, um, he shares what Jesus had experienced right before this. And I, I, as, I, as I study that, I see that what Jesus went through, many people go through too. It's actually very, very common. Um, Matthew chapter 4, if you can go there with me, Matthew 4 verse 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted. It means he ate nothing, drank nothing. And he became very, very hungry. Uh, and when you just look at the word wilderness, the wilderness, that word, it actually means this, solitary, lonely, desolate, deserted by others. We think, oh, it's a place like this. But that word simply means that wherever he was, he was lonely, he was, you know, it was solitary, desolate. It was deserted by others. He was alone. And if you go through times like that, where you just simply feel like it's like there's an emptiness on the inside, it's not physical hunger, but it's like, man, there's just something missing on the inside. Jesus followers go through it all the time. You know, there's those moments where you just feel like, I, I don't know how to describe it. I just feel like dry. I feel like, oh, God, are you, do you hear me? I feel like stuff's, I'm going through stuff and I don't understand wilderness wilderness times you know sometimes you know how you got there i've had somebody text me this week mark i haven't been to church in months i just feel like i'm so far away from god would you pray for me and i was like instantly the verse of of where the the prodigal son uh, and his father as, as as the prodigal son turned guess who was waiting for him heavenly father and that simple thought of all it is is just it's not this long journey back to god where i gotta get i gotta undo all the mistakes i made to get down here I just simply got to turn around, and there he is, arms wide open. That may be for some of you here this morning, but it's that empty feeling inside, and sometimes you know how you got there, and sometimes you just have no idea. You just woke up, and there you just feel empty, that, that wilderness feeling. Well, Jesus went through that, and here's what it says, Matthew 4, verse 3. It says, during that time, the devil came and said to him, <laughs> guess when he loves to attack? When you're going through that wilderness time. When you're feeling kind of lost, an empty man, doesn't he love to attack? Why? Because he attacks when you're least expecting it, when you're least ready for it. And here's what happens. So read the, you know, the, the, that's, that's how the enemy works. I love Peter because Peter says the same thing as Paul. He reiterates the same thing as what happens in Jesus' story. He says to the Jesus followers that he wrote to, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Be looking for him because he prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking for someone to devour. He's not allowed to devour any Jesus followers, but he's looking for one that he might find who's in a place where they're weak. He's looking for one who's not standing firm, that I can either drag off that foundation or I can push off that foundation. So he says to him, same as Paul, stand firm. Man, he's like, 
Look out for him. He's coming for you. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your confident trust in the Lord. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You're like, well, thanks a lot, Peter. That makes me feel a lot better. Other people are going through this too. <laughs> it's a powerful thought, though. What's he saying? Man, you're not the only one. Why? Because people sit there all the time. Man, like, my cat died, and then my other cat died, and then my car died, and then my kids are like, whatever. It's like, everything's happening to me. Why, God? How, why does everyone else seem to be having so much fun and doing so good? It's just me. It's always on me. me, me. You ever been there? I haven't. I don't have cats, but <laughs> you've been, we've been there, right? You've been there, and you think it's all you, and he's saying it's not all you. Why? Because there's a powerful thought in that realization that it's not only you. So I was watching Planet Earth with my kids. Saw the, the, they, the talking about the lions and how the lions attack these wildebeests, and I just couldn't show the clip. This is like, a, the wildebeest is so cute. The baby, this thing's just ugly water buffalo, but the little baby wildebeest is running, and what does it show? It says, as the narrator says, the lions, their plan is let's separate that baby wildebeest from the herd, and you watch them separate that uh, on purpose and then once they got it separated they're just about to kill it where the mom comes in and she starts kicking you know wildebeest uh, kicking uh, lion brains all over the place and the wildebeest is that baby's just trying desperately running for his life to get back to the herd why why do they separate it because when they find something alone when they find something weak when they find something that's in the wilderness man prime target they used to show it where the lions win not they don't show that anymore but they're still lions so i know they win they win sometimes. And he's saying this, Peter's saying, don't. <laughs> when you're in the wilderness, when you feel like you're alone, just be alert. Watch out because your enemy's coming for you in that moment. And so you might feel like you're alone, but stand firm. Stand firm in what he's already done for you. And so here as we read the story of Jesus, we see what happens. Matthew 4 verse 3, during that time, the devil came and said to him, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus told him spoke it out and said, no, 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 no. The scriptures say that people don't live by bread alone, but by every word, that word rhema. Not by just, oh, they live by the Bible. They live by what the Bible says. No, they live by the word of God that spoke to their heart. And it comes from the mouth of God. They live by that, knowing that right word in the right time for that right situation. That's how they live. The devil didn't give up because he doesn't. He says he took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you're the son of God, jump off. And here's the interesting part. When you don't know scripture, when you don't know the reign of God, he, he can drag you in with scripture itself. The enemy can trick you with scriptures that seem like, oh, this is good. And yet, <laughs> tries with Jesus. Jesus, jump off this mountain, jump off this point of the temple because God's going to order his angels to protect you. He'll hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. That's in Psalms, Jesus. You should know that. And Jesus responded, yeah, but the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Verse 8, next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said, if you'll just kneel down and worship me. And Jesus simply says, get out of here, Satan. I love how some of my friends say it. Not today, Satan. Not today. Jesus told him why, because the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil went away, and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Who was left standing in the end? Jesus. Yeah. Why? He's left standing in the end, but how? How? You notice what it doesn't say? It doesn't say that when Satan came and started tempting him, saying, hey, turn these rocks into bread, and Jesus is like, oh man, this seems like an attack of the enemy. 
I better get out my concordance and start finding some verses about how to stand against the attack of the enemy. He didn't get out his scroll and be like, where's the verses? Where's the ones I need? I got to find the verses. He didn't go on Google and was like, I got to YouTube like some good sermon or some podcast or something. I got to listen to something. None of that's in there. Why? Simply because he was ready for it. He was ready in the moment. Didn't matter what the enemy threw at him. He was ready in the moment. You know what's fascinating? All three of these verses come from one little portion of scripture. It's in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 7, and 8. All three verses come from that thing. All three responses, all three of the defenses come from that. You know why? Because as Jewish boys, they would have, they, as they grew up, they memorized the first five books of the New Testament. Genesis, cool. Numbers, not so much. But in that verse 5, this thing called Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy 6 starts this way. It says, verse 4, Listen, O Israel, the Lord, our God is the Lord alone. Verse 5, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Verse 6, Moses is saying to them, to the children of Israel, you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to the commands that I'm giving you today. And the commands are the things that are about to follow. He says to them, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up, basically all the time. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. I love that idea. You're wearing the commands. What you've put that on. He says, write them on the doorposts. They didn't have sticky notes, but we do. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What's he saying? Study them. Talk about them. Teach them. Tie them. Write them. Wear them. Know them. Know them. Know know the commands like this. People don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. People... They learn and they know the command that says you must not test the Lord your God. Things that say you must worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. Jesus is that same thought of saying, I know I've committed all of those things to my heart and to my memory. And here they are in that moment. What comes out? The rhema, the word of God. The right word for the right, the right time, for the right situation. You know, when you have all that logos, all of that truth on the inside, He can give you the bucket to draw it out in the time you need it. See, the truth is you can't use what you don't have. You can't use what you don't have. Back in the day when I was a youth pastor, we used to do this thing called the gun, the gun fight. Anybody from my youth group here that remembers the gun fight? Darn. I'm going to teach you the gun fight. So in the gun fight, you basically have two people who face off against each other. You have three things you can do. Number one, you can load bullets. Number two, you can block bullets. Or number three, you can shoot bullets. You can do any of those three things. The thing is, you have to have bullets loaded before you can shoot. If you load three bullets, you can shoot three bullets. If you shoot and they shoot, the bullets hit each other, nobody dies. If you shoot and they block, nobody dies. You just need another bullet. But if you shoot and they're loading, they're dead. You win. And it just simply goes like this. Load. Block. Load. Shoot. Last night I whooped some kid from way back when. (laughs) Anybody want to take me on? All of a sudden, nope. Didn't practice. But the truth of that, the truth of that game is, the rule of that game is you're not allowed to shoot anything you haven't loaded. You're not allowed to shoot what you don't have. You can't use what you don't have. And the truth is the same with this. When it comes to the truth of God's word and the truth of Rhema, you can't use the sword of the spirit if you don't have it in you. You cannot use what you don't have. And so, have you put his word? Is it stored in your heart? Is it in your mind? Is it on your tongue? Is the Logos, is that stored in there somewhere? 
that, you, that he can use. I'm going to give you a picture this morning. It's a little... I want to give you a picture of what's going on in the spiritual realm that sometimes we don't often realize is happening. Um, it's a little bit disturbing. I get emails. I was just saying, I hope this is memorable for the right reasons today. I give you your enemy. Very scary, I heard. I know, he looks so cute, doesn't she? Doesn't he? This little, little, uh, whatever, fluffy bunny. <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing is, the enemy tries things like this all the time. Tries to make you think, oh. First, he'll try to make you think he doesn't exist. Just like the Easter bunny, neither of us are real. You know, I'm just like, you know, there's no, um, <laughs> you don't have to worry about me. He'll try and lie and say, ah, oh, you know, just, just little things. The things that I attempt you with, they're just, they're not that bad. It's, it's really okay. It's not going to hurt you. This is not going to hurt you at all. Your enemy's a deceiver, and he's a liar, and deep down inside, he's coming for you to destroy you each and every time, every chance that he has. And there's two kinds of people in this room today. There's people in this room that are ready for that attack, and there's people that are not ready at all. There are people that are prepared already for the attack that's coming, and there are people that are not. Let me talk about the ones that are not first this morning, the people that are not prepared. You know that the Jesus followers who are not prepared for the enemy's attack what they look like, I see it all the time. It's when the attack comes, all of a sudden they're like, Mark, this is what I'm going through. Do you have any verses? What do I do? What do what's the verse that I need for this attack? Like, I can't pay my bills. Is there any verses on money? My marriage is in trouble. Is there any verses on marriage? You know, I can't get a date. Is there any verses on love? Whatever it is, it's always this thing. And they go, they Google, and they start searching. And what are they doing? They, 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 treat, they treat the word of God like it's um, a book of spells. They look at the Logos as like, oh, somewhere in there, there's, the, there's this verse that I need. There's this verse that I need. And then they go through and they find it. They find their verse for the day. And what do they do? They're like, I got my sword. <laughs> I'm ready for it now. Can't pay my bills. Yeah, well, I found in Scripture, God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So there. Or they're like, you know what? I'm sick. And I'm like, by his stripes, I'm healed. <laughs> Ain't what your enemy thinks? Like paper sword? Ain't nobody afraid of that. And you know what happens in that attack? When you go up with this against your real enemy, you lose every single time. And I see Jesus' followers lose time after time after time. And you know what happens? They all of a sudden, God, come on. Like I quoted scripture, I said the things, I, got, I had the verse. How come you didn't do what you said you would do? And I believe his word for us this morning is, how come you didn't do what I told you to do? How come you didn't armor up with truth? How come you didn't um, realize that from now on, you've got to put this on? That you thought, oh, I can just kind of cruise through my Christianity as if it's something I can just do on a Sunday morning. It doesn't really affect the, my whole life because this affects my whole life. We spend so much time fighting against each other in our marriages rather than fighting for one another. We spend so much time, you know, doing all these things where we do, we're actually not fighting our enemy, not ready for our enemy at all. He says, man, he's not afraid of that. But are you prepared? Are you prepared for the attacks of the enemy in your life? Because they're coming. You're in that battle all the time. It's what Paul said. See, because the truth is, there is something stronger. There is something greater. There's something real. 
there's something sharp, I know. Oh, wow, it, 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 look, it can shave my fingernail. I don't know if my fingernail needs to be shaved, but it can. Why? There's something real. And this is what Paul's saying, man, you need the sword of the Spirit. You need that spoken word of God to you. You need the right word in the right time for the right situation. Why? Because your enemy's coming for you. And he's going to throw thoughts in your mind and says, man, you're not right with God. What are you thinking? You're not right with God. Look at what you've done this week. You're not right with God. And you begin to pick up the sword that simply says, <laughs> guess what? Yeah, I know I've got sin. I know I have sin. But guess what? God, he made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for me. There's a verse for that. There it is. He never sinned. Guess what, enemy? He made my sin. He put it on him so that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Not in myself, but in him. So stop talking about me. Oh, my past. Oh, well, you know what? That's one thing you might want to throw in my face. But let me just tell you something. That my past is dead. That my past is no longer. I'm a new creature in Christ. The old, it's passed away. It's dead. And all things have been made new. Maybe he says, <laughs> yeah, you're not really loved. You know that, right? You're not valuable. You're not loved. Guess what? I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, <laughs> nor any other thing can separate me from the love of God, including you and including your lies. I won't listen to them for one more second. Amen. Oh, worry. Worry. Let's talk about worry, shall we? <laughs> this is cold, hard steel. <laughs> Are you a little worried? Because for me, he says, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Because I can simply let my request be made known to my heavenly father. <laughs> and my father's bigger than you. And my daddy's stronger than you. And my daddy's been around longer than you. Man, that peace that passes understanding. People may not get it, but I do. Covers my heart, guards my mind in Christ Jesus. Are you worried? Oh, fear. Fear. <laughs> I got to be afraid of something? Listen, my God has not given me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of his love, his power, a sound mind. Guess what? One of us is going down today. <laughs> and it's not going to be me. We're yeah. fighting! <laughs> I know, that uh, was strangely satisfying. <laughs> Can I just say something this morning? Even more than that, some of you are like, what the heck? They're sacrificing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that, 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 that may be satisfying in one thought. Can I tell you what's way more? Is when I watch real Jesus followers really win that battle in real life. Man, when I see some of you and you call me and say, man, Mark, I just got, I had, like I said last week, I saw her last night, a lady who just said, Mark, I've got terminal liver cancer. But guess what? I got a confident, confident trust in my Savior. Man, my only concern is for my son who doesn't know the Lord yet. But other than that, I'm good. I'm going to fight with him. I'm going to walk this journey with him. I'm going to share my faith with whoever I can in the journey. <laughs> he ain't taking me down. Man, I love that. And then it breaks my heart when I know that that's possible to watch so many who find themselves losing and losing and losing. There's times where, you know, in relationships you can't fight for both sides. And I understand that. But fight for your side. 
fight for your side. Fight for those relationships. Do the things that you can. Have the truth stored in your heart so that God can just bring that out in your life. Because guess what? Your enemy's not going to wait until you're ready. And so we close with this. Will you be ready? Will you be ready? We've spent eight weeks talking about this idea of will you be ready? Have you put that on? Ephesians 6, we close it with this. Verse 13, therefore, he's not waiting for you. He's not waiting until you're ready. So therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And after the battle, (laughs) you will be the one standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that come from good news so you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up that confident trust in your heavenly Father. It'll stop the fire arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet all the time, knowing that you are in Him. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is that spoken word of God for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Two types of people here this morning will leave with this. There'll be some who leave this. And in your next battle, the words that come through your mind will be like, man, I wish I had. I wish I had. I wish I had been ready for this. I wish that I, I wish I had. I wish I didn't have to go looking for verses that <laughs> didn't seem to work in the time. And then there'll be the people who said, you know what? I think I will. I wish I had, or I think I will. I think I'm going to believe that, my, <laughs> that the word says it, but my past tells me there's an enemy out for my soul. There's an enemy that attacks all the time. Yeah, I'm aware of that. So I think I will get ready. And are you going to use magic spells? Or are you going to use truth? Truth of his word. Maybe you're here this morning and this is all new to you. You came to church and you're like, what was that? (laughs) I apologize. I want it to be memorable. Maybe I'll get it right next time. But maybe you're here in this place this morning and you're like, man, I don't know what it is, but I, I feel something on the inside. And many across this room have described it that way. They just simply said, I, I wasn't expecting this, but I do feel like there's a God. It's, something is talking to me. I feel some. I don't even know. I, we've had people just bawl their eyes out here the whole service. And I'm like, I just feel so loved. Guess what? That's him. Because he is love. And he's reaching for you. And maybe life's a mess. And maybe life's confusing. And maybe like, I, I don't even know where to start. Like Bible, I, I don't even know if I believe all that stuff. I don't even know... I, Jesus, I don't, but I, there's something, I feel something this morning. Can I just challenge you this morning to either come to do something about that, to respond to his voice today, to either come talk to me after the service, shoot me a text, 905-869-6470. I would love to go for coffee with you and just chat. Or maybe you're like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not real comfortable with that. Maybe I'd be better in a group. Good starting point. Why don't you sign up? Why don't you come for a week? If you hate it, don't go back. But if it awakens something and answers some of those questions you've, you have, man, who knows? Who knows? So I encourage you to sign up. It's free. Spend that time in conversation about some of those questions that really matter. And for the Jesus followers here this morning, for the Jesus followers here, maybe you're aware of the word. Maybe you're, you're aware of the well, the logos. You know, man, I... Yeah, I believe that that, that, that's his word. I just don't know what to do with it. I don't really know how to use it. I'd encourage you with this thought. Maybe do one of these two things. There's lots of ways, but here's two that you could say. I can't leave and say, well, I don't know what to do. Why don't you join me? Here's a study that I'm doing. It's the New Testament um, by the Bible Project on YouVersion. You go on YouVersion, you just click on plans, you click on New Testament in a year, it gives you a little chunk. And that each day as you read through, man, it's amazing at how it speaks to you. 
It's amazing because it happens to me. This morning, can I just say this morning? This morning, as I was reading the part that was for today, it just simply said that when a, if there's a shepherd who loses one sheep, even though he's got a hundred, isn't he going to run and see if he can find that one? And as I was reading it, I realized that I've got a whole lot of great relationships in my life and I have one that is at odds right now. As I just prayed over that, I said, Lord, God, may that become true in my life this morning. And I can tell you that between then and now, that relationship has already been restored. Like, man, God, you do it every time. How can he do it? The only way he can do it is if the Logos is there. If you're actually, you're spending the time, I'm at the well, God. I'm spending time putting that in here, putting your word in here. He draws it out. He draws it out. And maybe if it's not that, would you sign up for the next precept Bible study so you're studying the truth for yourself? And if you're like, well, that takes too long, why don't you start one? Why don't you just be like Lorraine? Hey, I'm going to have a Bible study in my house. Anybody want to come? Believe me, they're going to come. Offer free banana bread and more will come. (laughs) Why? Because it matters. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get his word in here so that I have the right word at the right time and the right moment for the right situation when I need it. Because in the end, I want to be the one standing firm. How about you? How about you? From now on? From now on? Man, I hope you wake up to that tomorrow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for your word. I mean that this morning. I'm so thankful for the truth. I've done my best just to speak out that Logos, that word this morning. And Holy Spirit, I trust that you're the one who can translate that into each and every individual heart situation this morning. Lord, for those who are here who don't know you today, Lord, I, I pray for them especially. As they were here, they have the sense they're so loved, so valued. There's lots of questions they have, but you have answers. Father, I pray for them today. I pray for courage for them as they even uh, ne- negotiate inside whether they want to even take a step towards you. Uh, maybe they've been hurt by religion, hurt by so many things. Maybe they think they've been hurt by you. God, I pray against those lies right now. We take those lies captive that they would realize you are good all the time. That your love for them hasn't changed based on anything they've done. That your arms are wide open reaching for them. I pray for them this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray for us as your followers. That we wouldn't buy into the lie. That we would stand firm. (laughs) That we would enjoy the beauty of your word. And that it would affect us in powerful ways. That it would be, God, our hearts open to your spoken word. Thank you for the great examples of the past. May we be great examples for the future as we live this life this week with you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.